0: What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. In my excitement after that game two win, there were a lot of things that I left out of the postgame podcast. Going to get to all those today. Also, hopefully an injury update coming to you on Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney, maybe even Kevin Durant. All that's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. If you are looking for Locked On Warriors, why don't you go ahead and download the new podcasting app Himalaya it is free super easy to use and has every single podcast you love or are searching for just go to your app store download Himalaya it's got personally curated playlists made just for you by our expert podcast tastemakers themed collections so you can find everything from comedy mystery thrillers and sports uh, you can follow your favorite shows and creators like and comment so why don't you go ahead and follow locked on warriors And like and comment on Locked On Warriors also. Appreciate it. And you will appreciate this special offer from Untuckit.com. Go to Untuckit.com, promo code NBA to get 20% off. Want to thank Untuckit for sponsoring Locked On. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great, untucked, and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Once again, go to Untuckit.com, promo code NBA to get 20% off. So, Dubs win Game 2 of the NBA Finals with a lot of things happening during the game. Obviously, not just the the basketball. A couple different injuries, a couple different storylines, a couple different stats I want to get to. Uh, Also, still haven't received any injury update uh, from Clay or Kavon Looney or KD or anyone. Uh, But if we get those, I'll definitely pass those along as well. And I want to start with Steph Curry obviously, uh, because, you know, Andre had some quotes last night that were, I don't know, half half tongue-in-cheek, half serious, talking about, you know, how he, he likes playing with Steph and he wants to protect his legacy and stuff like that. And uh, I know a lot of Dub Nation agrees, you know, the, the fact that anything that Steph has done is in question uh, about his greatness, or that people want to put asterisk on anything he's done, uh, but it's not hard to see just because he's not putting up a forty-point game, how much he affects the game. Because of him, Toronto pulled out an eighth-grade defense that, look to their credit, worked. Um, part of why it worked is because you know some people missed a couple shots, but that was their game plan. You know, from five thirty-nine down to about seven seconds left when they shut down the Warriors' offense was get something without Steph Curry running that box and one, which is a straight-up middle school defense. But, hey, it worked. Quinn Cook and DeMarcus Cousins missed some shots, but whatever. If you can't understand the impact he has on the game, even when he's not knocking down 10 three-pointers, I I don't know what to tell you. Um, You don't understand basketball. I mean, that's so cliche and such a social media thing. But, like, if you can't see – how a team is putting 100% of its focus on limiting Steph and how that opens up everything else for guys like Draymond, Clay, Boogie, Andre Iguodala, etc. I, I I don't know. I, I, watch the big three. You can see them go on one. Watch the Rockets. One-on-one is what you want to see then. Uh, but w- the reason I bring that up is because last night he had at least six screen assists, which is where basically the the screen that you set opens up the the uh, the bucket for the you know the player you're you're screening for and it's not just that Steph Curry is you know a 6'3 guard, a slender guard willing to screen because that is not as normal as you would think. I mean there are bigs who don't like screening, you know. <laughs> I remember most Spates would always slip the screen, and I'm like, dog, you're 6'10, you know, 270. Put a body on someone. There are guys who don't like to set a screen who don't like to be physical. First off, Steph, the you know, one of the biggest superstars in the league, best shooters, scorers in the game. Well, actually best shooter ever, let's just be real. Is willing to do it, is good at it, is physical, and on top of that, if you watch the screen assists, it's not just because he's laying good screens, it's because two and three players are going with him. No one is going to leave Steph alone, which opens up wide open layups for Draymond, for Clay, uh, for for Iguodala, for Cousins. It opens it up uh, off-ball, and that's where those screens are coming from. They're coming off-ball where Steph is laying the screen down and Boogie is able to find wide open players cutting to the rim. So... It was something I didn't mention on yesterday's pod. He just deserves a ton of credit for it. Uh, not just the willingness, but the fact that it works. And then the fact that Toronto is throwing as many people as possible at him to try and stop him while he's laying down a screen. So even though Steph didn't have one of his you know, record-setting games, he had a major impact on the game. And that was just one of the ways was his screens and the screen assists. Speaking of assists, I wanted to get to just the assist totals from game two where the Warriors assisted on 34 of 38 buckets. That is classic Warriors basketball, and not only was it 34 of 38, uh, they assisted on 22 of 22 made buckets in the second half. It is just, it's Warriors ball, man. I, I don't know what to say, but that's when they're at their best. That is absolutely when the Warriors are at their best is when they're moving the ball, getting everyone involved, and it's not just the one-on-one game and nothing against the one-on-one game either because if you have Kevin Durant, hell, I'll go one-on-one all day with that. But the fact is they don't have him, and we also saw a glimpse of what I thought we might see with Boogie back, but the question is would he be able to do it? the rust, etc., was running some of the offense through him. He had six of the uh, 34 assists last night, and he had, I think, three in a row at one point. Uh, They were playing him in the post. He was also running a little point center, Uh, but we saw it earlier in the year against Houston and OKC in back-to-back games. He had seven assists in Houston, six against OKC, and they were really running the offense through him, and I thought that's something we might see if he got enough playing time, if he was able to do it, I mean, the injury was such a major factor on what he would and wouldn't be able to do. And at least he was able to do it in game two, and hopefully he'll be able to do that and more throughout the rest of the series. Because depending on these injuries, they're they're going to need it. Even with these injuries, without these injuries, they they probably need it. So he was great, and here's to hoping that he'll continue to play great and play even better. And honestly, the only thing he can really improve on from his game two performance is just scoring a little more efficiently, and like that's it. He was good defensively, uh, offensively. He was good setting screens, uh, throwing passes, rebounding. He was huge. Him and Draymond were were sucking in defensive rebounds. Uh, power rebounding is, as it's been termed. He he was a major uh, contributor addition, however you want to put it, uh, to this, this finals run here. One more thing I need to mention before we go to break, and I forgot to mention it the other night because it's almost – expected now but with the win in game two the Warriors have now won a road game in 23 straight playoff series I don't know what the record is I I I don't think they're far off from it but the bottom line this is one of the best road teams to ever play the game of basketball at least in the playoffs no question I mean mark it down they take care of business on the road it's I mean, every single series, you can say they're going to get one on the road. So that means that the other team is going to have to win at least one at Oracle. Now the Warriors have home court advantage in what remains to be a five-game series, three games at Oracle, two at Toronto, but 23 straight playoff series with a road win. Uh, I, As cliche as it is, it's the only way I can really explain it. You know, heart of a champion, medal of a champion. It's just, it, it's... That's the best I can do. I'm heart of a champion, I and mean, I think that encapsulates it more than anything. Gonna take one break. Come back. I got more things I need to get to from game two. Some more observations, uh, maybe some adjustments, etc. That's all coming up next. But first, I want to say thank you to Grip Six Belts. Today's show is brought to you by Grip Six. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift. Grip six has a special offer for you. Go to Gripsix.com slash lock. That is grip the number six.com slash L O C K E. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Just going over some of the things from game two that I basically forgot about was just way too excited after the game and too much was going on Too way too much was going on. Still too much is going on with the Warriors. As we await injury updates on clay, Kavon Looney, KD, uh, you know, pretty much every single player on their roster, but it doesn't matter because they won game two. It is one, one going back to Oracle. But one of the things I wanted to get to from game two, which was a huge, advantage that the Warriors got was their play against Pascal Siakam and Mark Gasol. I'm going to start with Draymond Green on Pascal Siakam. I said after game one that Draymond and Clay had some, they had some work to do. They had to play better because for a number of reasons, they see themselves as top 20 players in the game. I would wholeheartedly agree, but top 20 players don't give up 52 points to guys like Pascal Siakam And Marc Gasol, you know, top 20 players don't have the horrible shooting night that Clay did uh, in the first game of the finals when his team needs him to be much better than that. They both answered the call in game two, especially Draymond going up against Siakam. You can say he just came back down to earth, but also Draymond played him much better. Uh, Siakam ended with 12 points on 5 of 18 shooting, 0 for 3 from 3, 2 for 4 from the line. He did have 8 rebounds, 3 of them offensive, which is something that the Warriors do need to clean up in Game 3. They gave up 15 offensive rebounds this game, but it did not end up hurting them that bad because their defense was suffocating. And Draymond Green was a huge part of that. Not just his defense on Siakam, but Draymond was everywhere per usual. Uh, The other player I wanted to get to who did a Damn good job. A hella good job uh, guarding guarding All was to Marcus Cousins. And maybe they found something where I know the idea is let's try and run Marcus all out of the building with guys like Jordan Bell and Kevon Looney, who again will wait to hear what happened with his, his injury. But they might have found something where forget it. Let's let's match his size with our size and and bang against him and see if he can handle it. And Cousins was immediately physical coming out the gates. He did pick up two quick fouls, which is something he's going to have to be careful of uh, moving forward, especially with not knowing what the injury status is of people. But he was physical with him, and him and Andrew Bogut managed to hold Mark Gasol to six points, six rebounds. Zero offensive. He was 2-7 from the field and played 31 and a half minutes. So they did a hell of a good job against Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol and Pascal Siakam combined for 18 points. They combined for 52 in game one. They took the job serious and went after him the way they should. Uh, Draymond picked up things against uh, Siakam from game one. Again, Siakam got a mismatch against Livingston early in the game, got an easy bucket. He's a good player, and he'll get some things done. But when it comes down to Draymond against Siakam, you know, I want Draymond's pride of being the best player or best defensive player to ever play to come into come into factor, and it sure did. Demarcus Cousins did a nice job against Gasol. Uh Bogut, only seven minutes, but at the same time, he did a damn good job against Gasol. Just the size and physicality of those two guys definitely changed the uh, outcome of what Gasol and Siakam could do. Now, I talked about Kavon Looney, and he's a good player. We all know that. But he wasn't great in the first game and a half. And so maybe, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're better without him, obviously, because he's a rotation player and it'd be good to have him. But I think they kind of stumbled into a better matchup with Gasol where you're matching size with size and physicality with physicality instead of trying to run him off the floor. Now, you can still bring Jordan Bell in, which they might need to, uh, after, again, we'll see what happens with Looney's injury. And that would be a different look they could throw at him too. But for right now, I I think they found themselves a better matchup than what they had before with Cousins and Bogut uh, going up against Gasol. Another thing I wanted to mention was The Warriors ended up playing all 13 players last night. And part of that is uh, Jacob Evans plays like the last four seconds of the first half to defense and then also make sure no one picks up a foul. Same thing with Jordan Bell. They combined for 13 seconds of gameplay. But okay, take them out. They still played 11 players last night. And they were pretty good. I mean, there, there were some... Not great spots. Alfonso McKinney was 0 of two from three with an air ball, but he did have a nice little layup where he pump faked, drove, and and got a bucket. Uh Quinn Cook, we all know, was damn good. Nine points, uh three of five from three, and they, they're probably gonna need more of that moving forward. Jarebko, same thing, struggling from three, but also got a nice little layup, and he's just active. Uh so they they got minutes out of their their bench guys where again Toronto just doesn't have the options. They have better short depth, I guess you could say, if that's a term. Where you know Van Vliet is probably better than most of what the Warriors have coming off the bench. But the, the, I mean, what Serge Ibaka was three of seven for seven points and three personal fouls, like real quick. Van Vliet was seven of seventeen which is another thing you look at the, the 17 points he had, but he was seven to 17, two of eight from three would still like them to do a little better job on him. But again, he wasn't efficient or anything. And Norm Powell, same thing. I mean, he, he was pretty much matched exactly what Serge Ibaka did in, uh, in his time. So he went back to uh, Nick nurse did went back to just playing eight players. After Pat McCaw gave him, okay, minutes in game one, did not play Pat McCaw. OG Ananobi was active, did not play. I don't know if we'll see him in the finals just because of it's been so long since he's played, and he's such a young player. But who knows? They might throw him out there. But it's just another thing where Steve Kerr is willing to play his guys and Nick Nurse is not. And we'll see if Steve Kerr does trim the rotation at some point. I do kind of think he should maybe cut down on two two or three players, but again, it worked. It worked. So so why not go with it? I just want to run some quick stats at you from game two uh, that show just kind of how great the Warriors defense was and why it's such a important factor of this team and important thing moving forward in these playoffs. Uh, Field goal attempts, Warriors had 82, Raptors had 12 more at 94. Second chance points, Raptors had 23, Warriors had zero. Offensive rebounds, Raptors had 15, Warriors had six. Fast break points, Raptors had 18, Warriors had 13. Points in the paint, Raptors had 44, Warriors had 36. And the Warriors won that game. They lost in all those statistical categories, but the Warriors won that game. And the 44 points in the paint is a little misleading because they got those 44 points on 22 of 46 shooting. And that's another reason why guys like DeMarcus Cousins and Andrew Bogut are so important in this matchup, for now, is their rim protection ability. Now, Bogut, he's older. He doesn't have it like he used to. Uh, Cousins has never been known as a major rim protector. He did have two blocks In game two, just their size and length can deter people. It's, you got a better shot when you're seven feet tall with a massive wingspan than when you're, you know, six, nine. And we saw that in game two. Now, all those stats I mentioned, it's great that the Warriors won the game this way, but those are things they're going to need to clean up. And some of those are, three of those (laughs) categories are related. Warriors, uh 82 field goal attempts. Raptors had 12 more at 94, like I mentioned. Second chance points, 23 to 0. And that all ties into offensive rebounds where the Raptors had 15, Warriors had six. So the Warriors really need to clean that up in game three. Think they will, but we'll just have to wait and see. Going to take one more break, come back. I want to talk about the defense that they played on Kawhi Leonard. But first, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends trip book. Your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Still no injury update yet. Still waiting on it. As soon as I do get it, it will be passed along. But one thing I wanted to mention last night, an adjustment that Steve Kerr made and why the injury might be bigger than just points or what have you, is he put Clay Thompson on Kawhi Leonard as the primary defender. Not that Clay is going to shut him down or anything like that or whatever, but it opens up Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala playing off-ball and being help defenders on the wings, and those are two of the best help defenders of all time. That adjustment was huge in the second uh, second half, in the third quarter, and that's why the injury to Clay could be so big, because then you're moving Andre back onto Kawhi, and then you only have Draymond, who's still great, but it's just an adjustment they'd have to make that could hurt them. Who knows? Speaking of adjustments, one thing I also wanted to mention was with the box and one that Toronto was running. It's almost too bad that they broke it out and lost, because now the Warriors have seen it. And now they are figuring out how to combat it and how to go against it. And on top of it, I still thought they just missed some easy shots to uh, push the lead a little bit. And in that same vein, when they went five minutes without a bucket, why not just go to Cousins on the block? I think that's something we might see a little more of moving forward, but we will wait and see. And I also have to say, you know, I've talked about the injuries. I just keep mentioning them because we have no idea what's going to happen. I'd be shocked if Clay doesn't play. Clay's an Iron Man. He will throw some dirt on it and play. No matter how hobbled he is. Hold up. We just got the injury updates on both Clay Thompson and Kavon Looney. Gonna start with Looney because it's not great. Turns out Kavon Looney does have a fracture in his collarbone and will be out indefinitely in the NBA Finals. He underwent the MRI on Monday. They got in late from Canada. Uh, on Monday, so the results came out a little bit later. That's why I'm jumping back in here to give y'all the update. Uh, he's most likely out for the rest of the finals. I mean, that's that's just how it is. It's too bad, but like I mentioned earlier, there's a good chance that Cousins and Bogut fit this series better, and this probably means we might see a little bit of Jordan Bell as well, probably more time for Draymond at the five. We'll talk about all that more tomorrow. Clay Thompson, MRI confirmed a hamstring strain, and he'll likely be questionable for game three. That's coming from Sham Sharanya. Uh, Clay is going to, you know, test his body over the next two days, and they'll make a decision Wednesday night. He hopes to play. Like I've said, I don't see any situation where Clay doesn't play. Back to your normal programming of Locked On Warriors. Andre, I know Andre's hurting, but he played game two. He's going to play game three. You know, Looney, Looney's the question mark. And then KD's return is also a question mark. It's not if, but when. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm ridiculously confident that Clay's going to play and probably play well because that's just how he is. Here's the other thing. If you can play and you're not a detriment to your team, this is when you do it. You're not waiting for the next series. There is no next series. This is when put it all on the line to to win. And I know it's cliche, but that's the truth. So if there's any question about, you know, whether these guys can play, if they can, they're gonna. So we'll see what happens, though. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find me on the new podcasting app, Himalaya. Go download Himalaya in the App Store. And then go download Locked On Warriors. Go subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough (laughs) spots. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day.